0: Mac Power Users, Episode 629, Catching Up with Craig Hockenberry. Hello, everyone. This is David Sparks. I am here with the Mac Power Users. Stephen is not here today. He couldn't be here with us today, but that's okay. We got another guest with us today. Welcome to the show, Craig Hockenberry.
1: Hi, David. How are you?
0: Oh, man, I'm so happy that you were able to come on the show. I've been pestering you for far too long about this. But uh, for folks who don't yeah. know Craig, he is, uh, I guess, I, you're at the Icon Factory. I know you seem to write just about all the apps that come out of the Icon Factory. Oh,
1: no, 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 not all of them. Um, oh, no? Okay. Uh, we ha- actually have uh, three developers working um, on our apps now. So okay. It, so it's, it's me here in Laguna Beach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a uh another developer in Dubuque Iowa Sean Heber he's uh, been working on forensic and uh, our game forensic on Apple arcade and yeah. he's worked on Twitter quite a bit as well and uh lately we've been working with uh, uh, a developer in uh, who's currently stationed in uh, Berlin uh, Shannon Hughes who's, working on the linea with me at the moment it, it feels so, yeah. like
0: with partly because of the COVID thing but i mean we we're heading this way anyway that everything almost anymore is global i mean it, it's just so easy oh. to work with people well, internationally the,
1: the, yeah. the story i love to tell about the icon factory is in we've been in business as, as a company for over 25 years and in that period of time the uh five partners in in the business have only been together one time Wow, and I was like in, that was in like, jeez, uh, I don't remember. It was like 1999, 2000, thereabouts. So <laughs> a long yeah. time ago. Well, I mean, maybe it's like, you know, the thing
0: with the president where they can't have like all the... People in one room at one time. We gotta like yeah. protect the yeah, uh, yeah. 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 the icon no. factory.
1: <laughs> well, the, the, it it it's it's just it's just that's the way we've always worked, right? It's yeah. like the the three founders of of the company were all in Greensboro. They had worked together uh, at MTI, the the phone company, and I came up with this idea for some shareware to let you change icons on on your Mac and they loved it we started working together and i wasn't going to move to greensboro and they weren't going to move to california so we just made it work and we've been doing that yeah from 25 years now and and that's the the roots of the icon factory
0: are the icon factory you know the the app that allowed you to change icons Yeah. yeah
1: well our original original tagline was mac icons that don't suck (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Kind by of, the way, kind of stole that from from uh, from uh, Richie Beagle yeah. at Bear Bonds.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but the uh, and there was like a phase there where I know when I was younger that was like a thing was to customize all the icons on a Mac, and I also remember Icon Factory used to have like free sets, so I would always go download those, and then I paid for a couple too, and yeah. The, um, and uh, that was a thing. I don't think that's as much of a thing anymore. People don't change their icons. It,
1: it's yeah. it's it. There are still people that that like to change, like their hard drive icon, and maybe. Yeah. You know, I, I always uh, change the, my working folder, right, so I can easily locate it on my desktop. Yeah. Um, and that for me is it's still something I do, but yes, it's not at the level of kaleidoscope, you know, we're changing the window Chrome and doing all the other stuff that, that you used to do on, you know, Mac OS nine. But yeah, so icon factory, you know,
0: really got its start with the customizable icons and then, but it's evolved really past that in a lot of ways. Yeah. well,
1: yeah, It's a business now, right? it's, It's something that, that, you know, we, we did it for just the love of, of, you know, making beautiful icons and a lot of companies saw this work you know it was free it was on the internet it was basically like a great portfolio of, of work that we'd done and you know we got a job to uh do the uh the icons for um microsoft's email client which wasn't called outlook at the time but it was something else yeah, uh, I forget the. the I name think it started with the an product. E. I forget the name of
0: it. That <laughs> I, I remember e. that app because it had um, a single data file with all your email in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it, felt like at any time, <laughs> your email was just going to blow up. I mean, it's like right. literally like sitting on a bomb and pretending there was no problem. Yeah.
1: So you know and that just as this, this evolved over the years, you know yeah. that, that you know we've we've done a lot of uh, software UI projects where we've done a ton of emoji you know basically if it's a small image that is in somewhere how related to a uh, computer we've probably been involved at some point in some way so yeah yeah and uh, and we're going to get into it
0: later but i mean you also had a huge you also had a huge impact on twitter and and all these other things but but I, i really think that um this interest in changing icons hasn't gone away i feel like you know the mac has kind of matured to a point where it's not as much of a thing but when you look on the mobile devices and see everything going on now with people trying to customize their icons on their ipads and iphones
1: well and, and you, know, you know talk to david smith about that right yeah, he, he's right. Uh, done done widget smith which lets you make your home screen on your iphone look the way you want it to look right yeah. other than just you know changing the wallpaper yeah and uh yeah, we actually have w- done some work with him to, to do some artwork for for that product, and you know that you know so we kind of have our foot toe in the water there as well. So it's it's it, people love to personalize their computing devices, sure, right? You know, it, it an example is um, iPhone cases, right? You know, yeah, it, it helps protect the device, but it also you know, it, Makes it's a part it of your personality. Yeah, yeah. It's a part, you know, it's like my sister-in-law has a Boba Fett, you know, uh, case on her phone, right. Big star yeah. Wars fan. So, and you know, I, I, I have a nice, simple, colorful case, which kind of fits my personality. Right. So it's a, yeah, there's a, there's a whole funny. like
0: a subculture of people out there that make, um, greebly infested iPhone cases. Like, an iPhone case that looks like it's in Star Wars and it's got, like, gizmos Uh, attached to it. Right, right, right. It it looks really great until the moment you want to stick it in your pocket. And then, (laughs) you know, you're like, I'm not sure about this. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I agree. And I I really wish Apple would lean into it. You know, when Widget Smith took off, and it was like a sensation, right? I thought, oh, for sure we're going to get... The next iPhone update, which is going to make it even easier to like customize your home screen, and that was uh, last year WWDC. We got zero, we got zilch, and I I feel like they if they would wanted to make that a priority, they they had enough time to do that, and they didn't. And maybe it, uh, you know, I I, th-
1: know. I, I I haven't given up on that. Um, yeah, Apple, if they're going to do something, they often will take more than a year to do it. So if if this is something that they see as, as being important i can see them working you know two maybe even three years to to get it right and to do something that no one else is doing yeah right? well it's just uh it's how they roll
0: i i feel like if somebody at apple must realize that is a form of platform login or lock-in you know when yeah yeah. you know when you get your phone looking exactly the way you want it and then someone says you should try android and you're like no i already have it figured out and right. and um and the iphone right. hasn't really embraced that yet but boy well, i sure hope they do and if they do i would imagine you know we need the icon factory again we need to spin <laughs> it up again for the uh, for the yeah. iphone
1: i mean we would love we would love to customize home screen Icons, but that's never going to happen. Right. Because it's yeah. like, you know, the, the Instagram is not going to want anybody messing with their brand. Facebook's not going to want somebody messing with their brand. You know, can you see Apple saying, oh, yeah, I'll just put a different icon on our camera app. And, and yeah. that's, but, but, but all the stuff are doing around that, all yeah. the stuff that, that's around that, I can totally see them, to yeah. them working on that.
0: And people are changing the app icons just using a quick shortcut, you know. So it's not like.
1: There are ways. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, if there's a way, people will find it. Right. That that customization aspect of, of, you know, that we all feel a need, you know, for our computing devices is it's if there's a will, there's a way. I
0: had a palm Trio phone that I had made look like a Mac at one point I had like had Mac icons, my Mac uh, typography. This is before the iPhone. And, um, like we all, we all did it. And I feel like younger people in particular really want to like kind of assert themselves onto their technology and, and they're interested in mobile. They're not interested in the Mac at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of the Mac, um, uh, it's been a while since you've been on the show. Apple has made a few changes and, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. as a, a long-term Mac developer, you know, what do you think of all this Apple Silicon stuff?
1: Uh, I just remember I was one of the developers who got the, uh, the, the DTK, the developer transition kit, I think is the, the yeah. acronym there. And, <clears throat> and like, you know 10 minutes of using it it's like holy crap this thing is fast yeah this this is like <laughs> this is really good and that was and, not the
0: main thing i mean that was just kind of like a yeah, up it, it, was, yeah. it
1: was yeah exactly it was it was it was kind of janky right you had to use a certain kind of hdmi connector um i couldn't go b- above you know 4k hd resolution it had It was basically an iPad, right? That they had, you know, dumped macOS on. Um, but Apple did a great job of making sure that everything just just worked, right? All you know, and they, you know, to be honest, they had been through this before with you know the PowerPC to Intel transition, right? Yeah, they knew where the pain points were. They knew what needed to get done, and yeah, that I mean that. That my initial reaction with that DTK was, man, this is great. And
0: there really is no company that has more institutional knowledge about a processor change than Apple at this point. Yeah,
1: that's true. That is absolutely true. They, yeah. And they've always had that, that, they're kind of agn- agnostic as far as you know CPU architectures are concerned. You know that there was some of that in the original Mac OS. You know, yeah. moving from 68K to PPC, they they learned some stuff there. But it really, it really took hold when they moved from moved everything over to next, where you know it was relatively easy to go from PowerPC to to Intel. I mean, I've been through all of those transitions. I mean, I've been doing this long enough to you know remember when oh okay I've got a 68K Mac. Now I've got a PowerPC Mac. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And Craig, when did the
0: Mac first get its hooks into you as a user, and when did you become a developer? Uh,
1: 1984. Yeah, right at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, I and I was actually working for a company at the time that was had done our own version of, of Berkeley Unix, BSD Unix, with a distributed file system with. Bitmap displays, you know, megabytes of memory, um, and it was a system that for managing uh, scanning and managing paper documents. So yeah. we had a lot of experience, you know, with windowing systems, you know, and this is something we'd all written ourselves because you know you that's couldn't what go you did out bo- and yeah. yeah, you couldn't go out and get a, you know Linux distribution and plop it on the hardware and oh hey look it works. Um, so we built the system from scratch. And, you know, we had a good idea of, you know, how the windowing system, you know, the challenges there, the, you know, getting high resolution bitmap displays to work well. And then Apple announces the Mac and it's like, holy crap, how did they get all of this stuff into that small little box? Yeah. It was just, it was, and, you know, I had to have one, right? It's yeah. like, uh I gotta, I gotta play with this. And, you know, that, that I... I did a little bit of development on Um, the main thing I used it for actually was uh, to hook into a, uh, a Unix system and it gave me, you know, four virtual terminals. So, you know, at the time it, you know, this is, you know, back in the the early eighties, you had one serial line connected to the big computer in the big room with the air conditioning. And, You had one terminal connected to that. And it was kind of revolutionary to have a Mac with, you know, four virtual terminals on it. So it was basically four, you know, terminal windows on the Mac. And that was a real productivity boost, right? Because I could do four things at once. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't really using the Mac's windowing or any of this other stuff, but it really did show the versatility of the Mac early on, you know, and then when I wasn't doing that, I was playing around with Mac paint and, you know, writing stuff up in Mac, Write And, and yeah. all the other bundled apps. So yeah, it was, you know, I, in fact, uh, cause <clears> all <throat> the other day, our friend Jason Snell had, uh, posted something about a, uh, a little, uh, disc emulator for the, uh, for the Mac. Yeah. Uh, for the first Mac and, I'm planning on getting one of those and just, you know, booting up that old Mac that I still have up in the attic and, you know, seeing what it can do and kind of reliving old memories.
0: Yeah. yeah it was it, it's uh, the first computer I really fell in love with. I mean, I was really into yeah. computers as a kid. I uh, I got programming on the original Atari computers, like the 400 mm-hmm. and the 800. And, the, um, and then, you know, I, when I got, because I was in high school when the Mac came out, there was no way my parents were going to buy me a, at the time was, I think it was about a $3,000 computer, which at the time was more like a $10,000 computer in today's numbers. But the, uh, but I got, you know, I started using them in college and uh, the user interface and just the way it was so thoughtful. It really hooked me. That's the reason this show exists. Honestly, I never fell out of love with it. But then you know, re- rewind a few years, and I starting to wonder, like, is Apple going to become the iPad and iPhone company, and is the Mac, you know, how long does the Mac have left? And then this whole Apple Silicon thing happens.
1: Yeah, no, it uh, the Mac is still hugely important to Apple's business. Yeah, right, it, and and it will be for the foreseeable future. I mean, I could see a day, maybe sometime in the far future, where you know there's an iPad Pro with a keyboard and a mouse and does all the other stuff that the Mac does and you can do all your Xcode development on that iPad but it's like honestly i think that's a long ways away yeah i there's just too many things that that developers rely on in Xcode that just really don't have an analog in the world of of iPad right i mean i'm looking at my desktop here And I have, I can't even count how many Safari windows I've got open. Yeah. Right. It's, it's dozens, if not more. Mm -hmm. And I need every, every single one of those. Right. And each one of those windows, is kind of a snapshot of something, some thought or something that I need, some piece of information that's going to go into some, some of my code, you know, maybe now, maybe in a week's time, um, so there's there's a lot of context on on these desktops that you know because the iPad is they're trying to keep things simple you know with the split screen and and, yeah. and I think they're doing a pretty good job of that of, of in fact it's in iOS 15 it got a lot better right that multitasking bar helped alleviate some of the problems problems with you know kind of the magic gestures that made things happen which i could never remember those gestures you know i'm a power user and i could never remember them um so i think they did it they they did did a good job with that but they still they're you know that they want to keep things in on that platform fairly uh, i don't want to say simplistic but you know uh, more approachable i mean it's that's always been a problem with the Mac and for somebody first starting up for somebody who totally gets how it works. It's awesome. You know, being able to have dozens of Safari windows open, you know, two X codes a couple of simulators, you know, this, that's, you know, I I'm fully into power user territory. there. Sure. Of course. (laughs) Um, And you know, that's a, that's a great thing, but there's a pretty big learning curve to get there.
0: Right. No, it's, I, you know, I agree. That's what single
1: single window mode is all about. There are a lot of people that just like to have one app running at a time. I had a revelation last year about the iPad where
0: for so long, I was trying to force it to be like a Mac and it's just not good at a lot of the things the Mac is good at. Yeah. It's, but yeah. it's better than the Mac at a lot of things that the iPad is good at. And I just realized, because last year they had the M1 go into the iPad, the same chip that's in the MacBook Air. And I'm like, this is it. This is the year we're going to get all these great power tools I've been waiting for on the iPad. And we got none of them. And I realized, oh, I have to stop treating the iPad like what I would like it to be and think about it as what Apple is treating it as. And it's treating it as like a simple but complex computing device that's supposed to be easy for users. That's like the number one on the whiteboard, which is not the case with a Mac.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's closer to being a pro iPhone than it is to being a Mac replacement. Right. It, if you yeah. think about, you know, the iPhone is, is always just going to be one thing on the screen. Well, the iPad can be more than one thing on the screen you know, and it's configurable and that's, that's fine. <clears throat> that's just what it is. Uh, you know, back to the, you know, the whole thing with Apple Silicon. It's like, the mac is a strategic thing because it it it's the one platform where apple can do the kinds of pro things that it needs to do yeah right it's like yeah you could probably edit a commercial on your ipad but it's probably not going to be as easy or a final result that's as good as if you did it on your Mac. You know, same with software development, same with audio, same with all of these other things that, you know, that the Mac is good at. I mean, yeah, you could could do desktop publishing on your iPad, but... The tools, you know, if, you know, especially if you're going to press and stuff like that, that everything, you, everything you need is going to be on the Mac. Yeah. Well, the workflows are there. I mean, it's just yeah, been there, exactly so, that. Exactly yeah. That's it. The, the workflows are the things that are hard to to bring over to a different platform. And <clears throat> you know, ask anybody who's in, who's in the uh, the press industry as it moved from you know press to the web that there were a lot of workflow changes there. You know, you weren't publishing your newspaper onto a piece or publishing your newsletter or newspaper onto a piece of paper as much as you were, you know, putting it onto a website. And that's very different workflows there. And there was a lot of adaptation and uh, evolution that happened there.
0: This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by 1Password. Go to onepasswordcom MPU in all caps to get 20% off your plan. With 1Password, you only ever need to memorize 1Password. All your other passwords and important information are protected by your master password, which only you know. I'm a big user of 1Password. I've been using it since they first started. And I just love the convenience of having real secure data on my iPhone. Even if you're able to get through Face ID or Touch ID, you still aren't gonna get my most important details because they're all locked behind the 1Password password. Inside my 1Password vault, I've got all my logins for the websites I go to, but I've also got all my credit card information. So if I ever were to lose my wallet, I'd be able to call the bank and give them all the details right from my phone. I also have secure notes in 1Password, which are a huge feature where I keep things like medical data and my children's social security numbers. Sadly, we live in a world where there's a lot of people in the world making a living, going after your secure data, your financial information, and your online persona. You do not want them doing that, and you need a team at your back, and that's what 1Password does for you. Uh, They give you this great software that lets you protect all that stuff behind your 1Password, but they also keep an eye on the internet for you, and they let you know when a website that you use has been hacked so you can go in and shut down your account or change your password. They've got different plans. You can get the business plan if you've got a business or an individual plan. I get the family plan because I want my kids using this stuff too. And uh, get that final plan with twenty percent off if you just go to onepassword.com/mpu in all caps. I've been a subscriber for years, and I will continue for years into the future because One Password takes care of the problem for me. I don't have to worry about security so long as I'm using it. I've been very happy as a customer of 1Password, and I bet you will too. To learn more, head over to onepasswordcom slash MPU in all caps. That gets you that 20% off, whether you want the individual plan or the family plan. It also gives you a nice explanation of all the great features 1Password has. They just continue to add new features, and I really dig this app and this company. So once again, that's onepassword.com slash MPU in all caps. Go check it out today. All right, so now we have Apple Silicon. Did you buy any? I mean,
1: what do you, you drive <laughs> yeah. these days? Yeah, yeah. That the, uh, well, as I said earlier, that the DTK was the first thing that I had, and yeah, yeah I was I knew that that I was going to have more of it after <laughs> using that thing, yeah. and uh, some of those early laptops that had the M1 chip in it weren't enough for my needs, um, but you know the. Uh, I forget what size the screen is on this iMac, but the the iMac that they had, the colorful iMacs that they they came out with, I got one of those now, and I've run um, two displays on that. I've got a Mac Mini that I run server backups on daily. I've got another Mac Mini that's got a bunch of old archive stuff on it. Uh, I've got a 5K iMac that I... Use for doing some stuff that I don't want to do on my main uh, development machine. Yeah, uh, I've got a MacBook Pro, an uh, Intel MacBook Pro. I don't have the M1 Pro or M1 Pro Max uh, MacBooks MacBook yet. Um, I see that being a. I mean. the macbook i have now is 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 the one that was released just before the uh the m1 transition so it's kind of new it's i'm honestly not using it uh to its full potential right now um but uh that's probably going to change at some point in the future and i'll definitely upgrade at that point where do you do your development work is it on the m1 imac yeah, that's uh, a majority of it is there. Uh, I also do some on the laptop, um, depending upon where I am. I I work away from home for a couple days a week. So the kind of apps that I'm working on, though, are not, you know, <laughs> I've, you know, I've, uh, friends that work on uh, Photoshop at Adobe you know, and they talk about how, you know, it takes hours to do, to do build their yeah. app, you know, yeah. and, and mine take like five minutes. Yeah, so. I mean, and Notchmeister
0: is probably, <laughs> yeah. probably rendering faster. Yeah. yeah. Probably building faster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. As an old school Mac guy, what do you think of the new colorful iMacs? I
1: love them. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, it's fun. I uh, I, I will say that I want a larger screen. And I need more than 16 gigabytes of memory. You know, yeah. I maxed out uh, the memory on this thing. And, you know, you run Photoshop and some uh, image editing software and all the stuff that you need to do to do modern software development. And, yeah, I can tell you now, right now, I've got... How much memory do I have swapped in here? Eh, it's not too bad right now. It's four gigabytes of of swap memory so you know i could easily use another 16 gigabytes of memory on this thing what and what
0: tool do you use to check your
1: memory usage um i have a tool that i wrote called iPulse. Yeah. it's uh i originally wrote it back when mac os was the new thing and um in fact that's iPulse pulse bringing there in the background telling me it's the top of the hour <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. I, it, <clears throat> it's one of the it's so much so many of the, the apps that i uh i use are ones that i wrote because yeah. i needed it to do something yeah um
0: so yeah that uh i i didn't even realize because i have i have a lot of your apps i didn't even realize this one existed i'm looking at it right now it's only 10 bucks in the mac app store yeah pretty it's, nice. it's it's yeah. it's
1: really it's a it's a nice little system monitor kind of thing it's yeah it's on screen you know a a lot of people like istat menus you know to like it be to be up in the uh the menu bar uh I actually prefer it down as a uh as a separate small window that I can poke in the corner and so yeah, but they're they're essentially the same thing it lets you keep an eye to, eye on what your mac is doing and when you're doing software development, you often push parts of the systems harder than most people yeah uh, it's like you know. But, but not all the parts,
0: you know, right. Like you're not graphics wise. You're not probably pushing it too hard.
1: No, 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 no. If if I was rendering video and, and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. But yeah, it's more, we're all the software developers. We're all CPU bound, not GPU bound. Yeah. I I got the, uh, the M1 uh, MacBook
0: pro and Mm -hmm. because I do a lot of video rendering with the stuff I do and it is just insane how much faster the little spinny bar in Final Cut got. I mean,
2: yeah
0: i yeah. I've never had an upgrade where things change that fast, that quickly. But I'm assuming at some point you're going to want to get like the beefed out one for software development. But, 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 what is that for you? Is that like the
1: iMac Pro successor or the Mac Pro? Or? Yeah, I want what I want a larger screen. You know, twenty seven inches instead yeah. of twenty four. Uh, Twice as much memory, at least. If if it goes up to sixty four gigabytes, I'll go for sixty four gigabytes. Um, and yeah, the you know somewhere between eight and twelve cores is probably the sweet spot for what I do. So you probably don't need whatever the Mac
0: Pro is going to become.
1: No, no, no. The, the Mac Pro. I mean, that's an absolutely cool looking machine. It's yeah. It's it's it's, it's, it's that, that that just is a work of art, yeah. right? Is Yeah. It, it, you know, I, uh But yeah, it's way over what what I need. Uh, in fact, I was just until until before I got this M1 iMac, I was on a, uh, an iMac from 2015. So you know, seven year old machine, and it was kind of okay for what I needed it for. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was a little slow in certain things, but yeah, I and uh, I've been. I've been really happy with this M1 Mac, uh, or M1 iMac, but I yeah. definitely want more screen real estate and some more memory.
0: I have just been like giddy over the Mac over the last year and a half as all this has gone down, and like I, I got the expensive MacBook Pro, but it runs awesome. And like the the other, I have this pet theory um, that when you look at the reliability of iPads you know it's a system on a chip mm-hmm. kind of a big device in fact there is an iPad with an M1 in it and they seem to run forever i mean everybody knows somebody that has like an iPad 2 that they're still running and yep and it's not when they fail it's because the software just evolves to a point they don't really work anymore it's not that the hardware failed and yeah i can't help but think that these Apple Silicon Macs are going to have a similar experience. I think we're going to get good reliability
1: out of them. Yeah. There is one downside to them though. What's the, that? The, especially in during the winter. doesn't keep your office warm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? yeah.
1: It, it, it's funny though. It's Seriously. It's like, I have noticed the temperature change. I mean, I, you know, I, I live down on the coast in in California and, and it, you know, we have a very temperate climate. and I don't have any air conditioning or really much heating in, in my office. And I have realized this winter that I used to use the, the iMac to, to eat my office. You know, I'm now wearing <laughs> sweaters and jackets and stuff while I work because I got an M1. <laughs>
0: yeah, you also lost your white noise generator. I mean, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> You don't have the fans yeah. blown all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, we all, we all suffer, the, yeah. especially in Laguna beach. I mean, that's, that's where you suffer. Uh, yeah. Laguna beach is where I go to hang out when I need to like, just to kind of catch up with myself. And, uh, in fact, I think on the more power you Day you and I are going to talk about California, but I, one of these days, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out where you live, and I'm gonna just show up on <laughs> your doorstep, right? You're welcome that, anytime. That's not creepy at all, right? You know no, me? no,
1: no. And if I no. was coming
0: to your house, which window would be your office so I could just stick my face in the window and say, "Hey, Craig," I, well, how's it going? I look
1: out on I look out on the street. So, and all you, know, right. you get, near, get near me, you'll know which window that is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <So, you> know.
0: <laughs> well, well, it uh, sounds like so. You're looking for the beefed up iMac is probably the one where you're yeah, going to drop all I, it, your
1: actually the more more important than the iMac though is a really good external display okay I yeah really, i wanted to talk about uh, that because you've got an external uh, on your current um iMac what, what are you using yeah you know it's a 4k it's, it's okay i mean I, I originally got it to to do uh testing of uh, some apple tv stuff right i wanted yeah. to test you know I, and i actually had an uh can, you know can switch inputs between the display port and the HDMI and and I would you know do you know Apple TV game development on it right yeah. and it was it was great for that um it's as you know it doesn't have great color management it doesn't have great resolution it's you know you look at it next to the the iMac display and it's just kind of it's got a, a blue weird Kent yeah, to the screen, and you know, and I don't need an XDR. I'm sorry, that's yeah, I know, way overkill I know. for me. I, I, and you know, as a piece of artwork, yeah, sure, it's probably worth seven grand, but as you know, something that's a tool for my work, I find it really hard to justify that.
0: Uh, no. I know, I have an XDR, but I traded an iMac Pro for it, and you know, I didn't get that good of a deal when you think about it because I could have got a lot of money for that iMac Pro. And and mm-hmm. the guy who who uh, traded me made me give him a thousand dollars for the stand. He's like, I'm gonna give you a deal by trading you, but you gotta pay for the bleeping stand. <laughs> because he was yeah. so mad. Yeah, so yeah. so I've got this crazy screen and uh and uh well, I don't know. Well, I'm I, a cherished well, life, for, I guess.
1: For me, I'd rather I'd rather have a twenty seven inch ish screen. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather have two of those. That that for me is a, just a more comfortable environment. Uh, I basically split my work between, you know, two or maybe three spaces on two screens. Yeah, right. So, and I just I know where everything is. And you know, if if I'm doing web development, I'm on one screen. If I'm on or on one space, if I'm doing you know app development, that's another space on another screen. You know, my documentation's all uh, mm-hmm. in. A consistent place. I mean, I never have. It's fact I never have Safari windows open on my left screen. Right, Safari windows are always on my right screen. And there's been a bug recently with in Monterey, which where it's you know the M1 Mac is is asleep and it wakes up and Safari decides to move all the windows to the other screen, and that just drives me crazy because it's totally. It's like, cause I've, I've organized my desktop, right? You know, people do that, you know, with their physical desktops, right? You know, you, you have a spot where you keep your cup of coffee. You have a spot where you put your laptop. You have a spot where your mouse goes. You have a spot yeah. where your phone sits on the desk. You have a spot where your papers go. You have a spot where the bills go. Yeah. You know, that it's. And you know it's like you know Mac OS is c- just coming in and going oh I'm going to move your cup of coffee over to the other side <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's like oh that sucks I'm not I'm not left handed <laughs> so
0: so now when you have two monitors do you like split them right down the middle or do you like have a main one in front of your face and one off to the no, side? no
1: they're 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 left and right yeah, yeah. okay side by yeah. side by side and I've been doing that for well it, it used to be that. You had to do that. I'm, I mean, I'm old enough to have done uh, multiple monitor setups when they were CRT screens, yeah. right? And you couldn't put one once You could, but it was really impractical to put one CRT on top of another. So they typically sat side by side, and I'm just used to it being that way. And No, yeah, but what I wor- mean is, like, do you me. have
0: one centered in front of your face or do you have a
1: line no, centered in front of your no, face? No, they're, no, they're, 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 like, one for each eyeball. <laughs> okay. Well, that would be impressive if you could do that. You know? Yeah. No. And then I need two monitors. That, but... That's kind of hard to do. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I, I get it. I so I have I have this gigantic, beautiful monitor that I kind of like wheeled and dealed for, and then, um, recently because I had before all of this COVID stuff, I had an iMac Pro and I had some external monitors and. I got it out. I I had given it to my kids during COVID, but one of them went off to school. So we had an extra one here and I I connected it next to the XDR and it only lasted a week. I could not. It was just so ugly compared even to the extent I got some benefit from having the extra pixels. And I really didn't need extra pixels with a screen that big. But I just couldn't take it. I mean, it was so ugly. <laughs> and, well, for uh, a,
1: yeah, for a while, I had the, uh, the, the iMac with a Thunderbolt display next to it, you know? So yeah. It's actually useful for software development because, you know, one of the screens was Retina and, and the Thunder, the, the, the internal screen was Retina and the external yeah. screen was, was one X. And it would make, <clears throat> made it convenient for um, doing software development, you know, and the, the two different display resolutions. But more importantly, it looked right next to each other you know that's like yeah. you know they both had the black bezel they both you know had the, the it's like it, like my office looked better right yeah. and it was nicer to sit down to that than this you know 4k i, I think it's a dell I, i'm pretty sure yeah it's a dell um, well
0: when i come and uh, when i come and creep your house out when i come and show up i'll bring the other one you can have two because i'm done with
1: it. <laughs> yeah no, no I, I i i would i will obviously keep this 4k display because it'll be useful for you know doing certain development tasks um but yeah i i cannot wait for apple to come up with a, an external display and you know that the They've got to be working on it. If they're not working on it, they're like, what are you guys thinking?
0: Yeah. So so many
1: people want it. And what what, what do you
0: want though? I mean, what what should they make? I mean, if you were in charge,
1: if, if they're going to release an iMac pro, I want an external display that, that looks right next to that iMac pro. Right. That's something that make you could even be the same enclosure. Right. If it's like the, uh, the current iMac, where yeah. it uh, the the you know it's the the thin form factor, uh, small bezel. You know I, I don't yeah. care if that the border is white or black or whatever. I just want them to look right next to one another, like you know they're a pair it, yeah. because they are a pair, right? They're they're, you know, and it should look right next to a, uh, you know, the M1 MacBook Pro. Yeah. Right. Same thing. It's got to have, you know, it's probably going to have a black bezel, right? That the iMac pro, uh, uh guessing it's, it's going to differentiate it for itself from the non pro iMac by a different color bezel. Are there going to be colors? You know, is there going to be a aluminum option versus a space gray option versus some other color option. Uh, who knows, but I'm guessing that the bezels will, there'll be a unifying, bezel look across the product because a lot of people want the the same thing i want but they don't want it to look right next to an iMac pro they want it to look right next to a macbook pro yeah yeah and
0: you know if history is any judge apple i guess believes that pro devices should not be whimsical or colorful so yeah they won't do that I, i wish they would honestly i think it'd be cool but you know The 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 M1 MacBook Pro came out, and (laughs) that's not colorful, so I I don't see that it's going to happen.
1: I would would enjoy the color as well, but yeah, I can't see that happening. It's just, it's...
0: Yeah, but I I think you may get your wish. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, they have to know, right? I mean... Apple users want Apple devices on their desk, but they don't want to spend that much money for a screen. And, and obviously, <laughs> I mean, I have this crazy screen and I don't even use it for what it, I mean, it's ridiculous that I own the screen because I don't do HDR video. So why yeah. do I even have this monster? Um, uh,
1: I mean, there's a yeah, lot of it, people. It, it'll, it'll be interesting what happens on the the resale market for those things. If Apple does come out with a lower priced external display, because yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people are um, thinking that, you know, maybe this thing is too big for what I need. And I, I could tell you right now it's too big for what I need. Yeah. Right. I, again, I, you know, I like having two smaller monitors rather than one huge monitor. I just, that's just me. And, yeah, I don't don't know if I'm an outlier or not as far as I, I probably am a bit, but you know, you asked me what I wanted and that's,
0: that's it. This episode of the Mac power users is brought to you by text expander. Keep it consistent and keep it accurate with text expander. Go to textexpandercom slash podcast to sign up and get 20% off. In our fast paced world, things change constantly and errors in messaging often have significant consequences. Text expander lets you make new approved messaging available to every team member instantly with just a few keystrokes ensuring your team remains consistent, current and accurate. With Text Expander, get your message right every time. Expand content that corrects your spelling and keeps your language consistent with just a few keystrokes and the way that works is everybody on the team has access to these shared snippets. So if somebody changes the, the language of the snippet, it gets populated across the board. And that way it's consistent and accurate. And the team members will consistently know the right messaging for the right person at the right time without relying on memory or copy and paste. Text Expander is the text expansion tool I use. I just love the way they've got all the power features in it, like automation, Apple script. I mean, there's just so much I do with Text Expander. That's not possible with any other tool. I've been a fan of this one for a long time. They were the original sponsor of the Mac power user. So of course I appreciate that, but I also just really appreciate how great the app is and all the work they've put into giving me text expansion on steroids. And that's what it is. You can go check it out yourself. Show listeners get 20% off the first year. Just go to textexpandercom slash podcast. And Sign up today, let them know you heard about it at the Mac Power Users, and start getting automated with your text today. Thanks, Text Expander, for all of your support of the Mac Power Users. Craig, you are kind of my Apple Watch sensei. You were the first guy that I know that <laughs> came up with the idea to flip the Apple Watch. And if you're listening, this is what I mean. Okay. Uh, You know, every watch I've ever owned has the little dial. What do they call that? It's not the dial. What's the The fancy crown? The The crown. crown. As the crown on the right side, right? But Mm -hmm. I've never owned a watch before that when I put my palm flat on a table would trigger Siri if the crown got pressed. But now I have an Apple Watch, and that's what happens. So, so um, you came up with the idea. There and there's a this bizarre setting on the Apple Watch OS where you can flip it so the crown goes on the left side. And right. I don't know if you wrote about that somewhere. You said on a podcast. Yeah, I,
1: I've, I was on my uh, on my blog. Um, I forget what I titled it, but it was yeah. It just showed uh, showed how to to change that setting. And I'm guessing that there was some Apple engineer that dis- or designer that discovered during the development of the watch that you know. Yes, traditionally crowns go on the right hand side, but it's actually better if the crown is on the right hand side because you can work it with your thumb instead of yeah. your index finger, and it's just it's nat your your hand naturally fits there, um, because you know your your opposing opposing hand thumb is right in the right place over the digital crown um
0: yeah and on the other side and and when you put it on the left side the crown is at the bottom on the left side so you can work it with your thumb and still see the screen i mean it's like it's almost like and
1: and it puts the microphone as it's pointing towards your face rather than away from your face too so where's the microphone
0: on the apple watch i didn't even
1: realize that it's on the opposite side of the digital crown okay and that was that was another people like especially in colder climates in the winter you know they've got a jacket and the microphone's pointed towards the cuff of the jacket and and basically muffling the microphone yeah so it's a, well, it's a, for me it's a win-win thing it's just it's more comfortable to use and um you know it, it improves the functionality of the device um yeah it's not traditional but you know, they're not really nothing other than the you know the watch faces themselves that are traditional about the watch. Yeah, so, well, I, I tried it
0: once. You put, did that post, and that was years ago, and I've I've kept it, and uh, we'll we'll link the post in the show notes. But yeah, I was it, gonna say
1: you look that up later because I, I I don't it's it, it's what I did that when the watch first came out. Which when was that? That was two thousand. 15, seven 15. years ago? Yeah, I it's, don't remember, but well, we it's have been a, a while. Series Seven now.
0: Okay, it released in 2015, April 20th. Oh, there you go. My my memory's
1: not as bad as I thought it was.
0: Yeah, there we go. <laughs> the series one. Yeah, or it wasn't even called a Series one, it was just called the first generation. Yeah, it was Apple Watch.
1: Developers call it Series Zero, but uh, yeah, it's because we love zero based numbers. There we go. <laughs> of course, right? But right. now you use
0: it a lot. I mean, you go in the ocean with it and you, uh, you're, you're an Apple watch enthusiast. What, what yeah, do you like about fact, it? In fact,
1: that was, that was one of the first things that I, you know, it's, it's like any new device, right? Yeah. The, you know, the, the, the thing comes out and I poke at it and, yeah. um, I read that somewhere that the Apple watch, um, had rubber seals in it. I was like, Oh, Interesting. It's probably waterproof and did some research and found out that, yes, in fact, it is. It had, I think, what, IP6, IPX6 or something like that. It had had a, a rating to like, you know, three feet underwater, which for me, swimming in the ocean, I'm staying at the surface and it's fine. My main concern at that point was... Okay, how is salt water and sand going to affect it? And did some more research, and um, yeah, it turns out rubber is pretty good for dealing with salt water, and you know, sand is pretty much not an issue as long as you you wash it off after you use, you've been in the water and used it, uh, in that's salt water. So, yeah, I I did. I was probably one of the first people that uh, was doing workouts in water and this is before they actually had um swimming workouts in in yeah the, the watch app the, the the exercise app so the workouts app um so yeah i would i would just set it to other and i did you know one summer i did 104 other workouts yeah <laughs> we're all swimming and uh yeah it's uh it's been great. I, I it, for me, it, it keeps me cognizant of how much effort i put in to, you know, physical work during the day. And it's real easy sitting at a computer to go hours and hours without standing to not get up and stretch to say, Oh, I'm going to work for another hour on this project instead of, you know, going out and doing some exercise. Um, for me it's just a it's it's a real good reminder that you know you need to stay active in order to stay healthy. Yeah. Real real real
0: simply. And and honestly, it doesn't take that much, you know. I mean, I don't want no. all the health people writing me, but you know, it be the awareness of it quite often is enough. And I'm not sure even Apple realized that how big a deal that was when they first released the Apple Watch. But very quickly they realized that the fitness element of it is a huge deal for
1: for users. Yeah, that they I think they were it was kind of a product searching for the right market when they initially released it. I think that they probably didn't think about activity as being like one of the most important things about the watch. <clears throat> but it didn't take them long to figure out that, yeah, Activity is this, the killer app for that device. Um, it's like the camera app for the phone, right? You know, you can't imagine having a phone without a camera app now. Well, yeah. I can't imagine having an Apple Watch without an Activity or Workouts app. What watch face do you use? What's it called? Infograph. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking at it now. It's the in- Infograph with... Um, some complications that I wrote, which show me the <laughs> the position of the, the sun and the sky, the position of the moon, the moon phase. Uh, it shows me some tide information, you know, when high tide is and when low tide is. So, yeah, again, I've customized this device to do what I need it to do because I want to know if I go on a dog walk at 3 p.m., is it going to be low tide or high tide or mid tide? you know so. i am um, i
0: just go back and forth with these faces like i want to use an analog face i keep trying them but i always end up back with infograph as well you know it's like it's a digital watch and it almost i get feel like with a square with a square screen and i ha- i should just surrender and just accept well, that I, you know
1: yeah i use the i use the infograph but with the uh with the hands on it. Oh the analog. I actually one. prefer yeah. it. Yeah, I, I yeah, I use the analog infograph. And I'm see, I'm the opposite. I i I try going with the digital ones and I there's something about my brain that doesn't I mean I can just glance at the watch and look at where the the you know minute hand is and know, okay, is it close to the half hour or is it close to the fifteen minute mark. Yeah and you know kind of judge time that way rather than knowing that it's exactly, you know uh ten twenty four right now
0: yeah i, I just know, I, you know I'm the first you. thing i did i glanced yeah.
1: at it and goes yeah it's almost ten thirty. that that for me is the kind of time that i want to know
0: yeah i mean we're of a certain age right we grew up with analog watches and like when i talk to my kids they tell me that that actually there is a moment where they have to like do the translation when they look at an analog face it takes them a little longer and yeah, I, I think they look better, but for some reason I just cannot find one on the Apple watch that I'm happy with. Like I've been trying the California face lately.
1: Yeah. I like California that for, that, if I'm, if I'm getting dressed up to go out somewhere, you know, I'll put the, uh, the Milanese loop on the, I've got the uh, series six edition, which is the titanium one. And that with the Milanese loop and the California watch face. And it looks classy, right? It's like, okay, I'm ready to go out to have a nice dinner now. But, you know, day to day, I just wear one of those, the what, the, what do they call it? The, the loop, the, yeah. the watch the one band the, that Mark Newsom came up with, uh, the one without a buckle. Yeah. The yeah, woven the, loop. I think. No, no. no, no, not the woven one that the, uh, the one has a little silver nub that you put yeah. in into the hole. Yeah. <clears throat> See, these things are such a part of our life now. I don't even remember <laughs> what the names of this stuff are. You know, it's like it's just it's just it's my watch now. And yeah. It's it's uh, an important part of my life. You know, Ooh. the the I use it for while I'm cooking, you know, the 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 tech. I'm not real happy with how the timer app works. I was about to ask, 15. what are the
0: friction points for you?
1: I use the Apple Watch timer a lot while I'm cooking, and often your hands are, are dirty when you know, you're cooking and you don't yeah. want to touch, you know, your nice Apple Watch with, you know, a hand covered in, you know, pork fat, right or whatever. Yeah. So, I will often navigate my watch with my nose. Right? Okay. That, that, you know, you know, you you can you can you can do what you need to do by just tapping on the watch with your nose and the timer app is great for doing that. At least it used to be right. It now goes after it's finished the timer, it goes back to this list of recent things, which for me is totally useless. Well, not totally useless, but mostly useless because I just want the one, three, five, ten, fifteen, 10, 15 and 30 minute timers. Yeah. That's all I need. It's, you know, it was, when you're cooking, you know, it's like, okay, I want to check this thing that's in the oven in 15 minutes or 30 minutes. Okay, that goes off. Okay, oh, that looks like it needs another 10 minutes. So you set a 10-minute timer. And then you just, you yes. know, it's really, it's like, you know, kitchen timers have been a thing for a long time, right? It used to be like the analog thing and then became a digital yeah. thing. And now it's something that is with me wherever I happen to be, and you know, I may not be cooking in the kitchen. I may be out by by the barbecue.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And I may be, you know, a five minute timer is telling me two things, right. It's like, go check on the meat and go, you know, check on the potatoes that are roasting. Yeah. Right. It's so, yeah, that that's the timer. It, it, they, they, they tried to, I mean, it supports multiple timers now, which I can see why they, they did that. But there's no way to to differentiate the two timers right if you set a, a a one minute timer and a five minute timer, you know and one of them goes off, which one was it? yeah it is this label a five it. minute one is yeah. this you know, the the sound isn't different you know I have to actually go dig around on the watch to to figure out what I just heard and there's there's definitely friction there. I'm not in fact I've been meaning to write up a good bug report about this stuff but been too busy to to do it justice but yeah that that for me is the one of the pain points on the watch now because is you know the 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 timer app has gotten consistently better over um over the years i mean it used to be the only way you could set a timer was with siri Yeah, and I would say Siri set a timer for five minutes and it would set a timer and go off in five minutes. And then it didn't have a repeat and then it got a repeat. And, you know, then it got the, you know, the little grid of dials that made it easier to pick one. And and I think that they just went a little too far on, quote unquote, ease of use there and where it actually made it harder to use. Yeah,
0: it, I guess it's the small screen that hangs them up, right? I mean, because Apple clearly has the ability to make a program that gives you labels on timers or even make a screen that shows you two timers running simultaneously. But, but I think yeah. it's like they want it to be simple on that little wrist screen, and they're just unwilling to like push that further.
1: They could do it if they... Let people learn how something worked. Um, for example, you know, you set a one-minute one minute timer and you hear, you know, one beep. You set a three-minute timer, you hear three beeps. You set a five-minute timer, you hear, dee, 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 you know, and you'd kind of. It wouldn't make sense initially, but if it would be a learnable interface, and Apple's always reluctant to do that because they want it to just be obvious. You know, from the get go. So I'm looking
0: right now. We can get on Amazon for 129. We can get a Weber 22 inch uh, grill. If everybody just contributes a few bucks, we can ship it to Tim Cook's house. And <laughs> if we can get Tim into barbecue, I bet the timer yeah. gets better on the Apple Watch. Uh, How's yeah. that? You think it'll work?
1: Yeah, yeah. That was actually you know the the the, the angle for the the bug report was going to be, you know, it, it, you may not be a cook, but if <laughs> yeah. you are, yeah. these are some things you notice about the Apple watch.
0: <laughs> it, I mean, timers are just weird across the board. Cause the Siri, uh, the, um, the uh, the uh, home pod speaker had timer issues. The watch has timer issues. Like all the places where you would actually want to run timers. They didn't really have a unified story or app solution. And they really yeah, still snoo- <laughs> kind of don't.
1: Yeah. S- snoozing calendars is, is another thing. It's like, it used to be like, okay, you have different set of, of snooze lengths on your Mac than on your, your phone than on your watch. Then it's uh, it's like, it, and now they're, they're kind of unifying all that. And it's like, ah, I can't snooze things, calendar entries on my Mac. Like I want to. And it's, you know, it's a hard problem because everybody has different needs and, you know they've got to find something that where one size fits all. I'm not. I I I recognize that they have that problem. Let's well,
0: well, you said way. something a few minutes ago. I'm not going to let you get away with it. Is I need sure. more understanding of the use of your nose
1: and your Apple Watch. <laughs>
0: So, well, I guess is it like you're using this to like cancel alarms or something? I mean, it'd have to be a big button. Yeah, you
1: you start a timer, right? And yeah. you know, it's like it pops up the thing in the end, and it's got the on the the left hand side, it's got to run the thing again, or uh, on, or maybe it's I forget which which direction which side they're on, but you know, it's got to run it again or stop it, and you know, yeah, you can do that by pressing on the the watch face or pressing the. Uh, the crown with your finger but if your hands are are messy yeah you can just do it with in fact i've done this while i'm skiing too you know it's like you yeah. know you need to to change you know what you're listening to on the apple watch or you know whatever um and you've got gloves on again that's another case where you know hey just use your nose yeah and <laughs> the, the the targets are big enough that you can get away with it it's like i'm sure You know, I, in fact, I know I had a discussion with a a designer in, um, in Britain about this one time and, you know, he was saying he does the same thing. And it was like, we were like, Oh, it's nice to know that somebody else is using their nose to navigate. But yeah, it's, 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 it, it's a tip, right? It's like, it's another capacitive point on your body that, that works.
0: Uh, You think that like when they're designing the interface guidelines for the watch, they said, okay, it's got to be big enough that you can reliably hit it with your nose.
1: I don't think they're probably thinking nose, but they, there are a lot of, uh, different hand sizes. Yeah. There are some people with, with very large fingers. Yeah. And they, I'm sure they have, they've done some measurements and they know how big those are and, you know people have different size noses obviously but that's probably a secondary thing right I yeah think you probably your your average nose size and your average thumb size are probably pretty close
0: yeah
1: if i had to guess
0: <laughs> there's a joke here but I, I feel like i should
1: just leave it <laughs> yeah, i think no. i should just leave it
0: <laughs> just leave it what, what what would you do with the hardware i mean as a you know apple Watch user, is there anything you'd like to see them improve on the hardware you want it to be round or if you could have a magic wand what would you do with the hardware that exists today
1: oh that's a good good question um i'm pretty happy with the form factor i mean i don't really want it to be a round thing yeah the square form factor i i i'm happy with i don't so you need to be for being round. Yes, it could be a little thinner, but actually, honestly, the, the thickness of it is not like something I go, oh, they're already making the screen a little bit larger. That seems like a good direction. You know, maybe the the thing that it needs to have are, you know, different, you know, health metrics. Right. Yeah. The, the, you know, they, they did the EKG thing, which was a good thing. Right. It's like I had AFib alert. Um, what was it? A year and a half ago. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it, uh, got me to go see the cardiologist and luckily everything was fine, but you know, it was, it's time, you know, I'm at that time in my life where I need to check on things like that. And it's, the watch is a good reminder.
0: Yeah, I have a friend uh, who it literally saved his life. I mean, he got mm-hmm. a warning and he went in, and a couple days later, he had a zipper. I mean, it was, yeah. and uh, he had no idea. Um, yeah, but I, it seems to me like they're solving the Apple Watch for sensors, though. Like you know how Apple solves for battery on the iPhone. Yeah. Or, you know, on the watch you could yeah. see them saying, Well, we want to get it thinner every year. I feel like they've got a list of sensors they want to get in it and they're not gonna worry about getting it thinner until they get all those sensors in. I, I yeah, don't think exactly. they're gonna let it get a lot bigger, but I think like the blood oxygen seems like the next the next target for them. Yep. And yep. SPO two. Yeah. yeah. And if if it means that the watch stays thick for a while but it gets those sensors, I think they're gonna be happy and then eventually it'll get thinner. But I think it's yeah, the health like sensors.
1: I, like I'm i I'm saying, it's like it's not it's not like I'm looking at this watch and going, Oh, it's way too big. Yeah. Right. It, it's in fact a lot of it a lot of its size sort of fits out into that cup between, you know, your your bones on your wrist, right? It's like yeah. it kinda it kinda it its thickness is hidden by your by your body to some degree. So yeah, I don't see I don't see that that, that that's a big problem. But yeah, that they're I mean, especially with the, the focus on health and, you know, from a lot of different parts of the company, right? You know, there's, you know, the health apps and things like that, that there's, and they have a commitment to it, right? You know, doing research, you know, and helping doctors, you know, perform studies and things like that.
0: And, and honestly, getting those emails from people like my friends saying, hey, your thing just saved my life. That's a pretty good motivator for a company. Oh, absolutely. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Talk about changing somebody's life. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. This
0: episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Indeed. Go to Indeed.com slash MPU to get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post. Hunting down answers to your questions can be rewarding. When it comes to hiring, you don't always have as much time as you'd like to spend finding great candidates with the right skills. And that's why there's Indeed, the best hiring partner your team can get. If you're hiring, you need Indeed, because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. With Instant Match, over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job posts, according to Indeed data. And with Indeed, you'll be in good company. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. So start hiring right now with Indeed and get a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed. Dot com slash mpu that offer is valid through march 31st once again go to indeed.com slash mpu to claim your 75 dollars credit before march 31st that link one last time indeed.com slash mpu terms and conditions apply you need to hire you need indeed and our thanks to indeed for their support of the mac power users and all of relay fm Okay, so Craig, we talked about the Icon Factory at the top of the show, but there's a couple of of the apps you guys make that I wanted to to call out today. And the first one is silly, but I love it so much, and that's Notchmeister. I mean, <laughs> this so let me just describe it as best as I can. Um, you know that notch that they put in the MacBook Pro? Uh the guys at icon factory and
1: Craig did I, was this your idea Craig or is this, it was, was it? It's a whole bunch of people were involved with this. Uh, it, it's like the hardware came out and, you know, we all started thinking, you know, well, the notch needs something like a screensaver. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort of like a, you know, it's just something that, that, that's there that brings a little bit delight into your life. Uh, doesn't really do anything. <laughs> yeah it's like, it, it doesn't I have a real purpose i think it's
0: free right i don't think i paid <clears throat> yeah, for yeah. it but yeah yeah it's like, free. it's got these settings or like you can make it glow and then like when you put your your mouse behind it there's a glow around the edge of the notch from your mouse or um mm. the plasma leak is kind of great it looks almost to me like a welding torch is hitting my notch whenever i go up there and um there's it's, a fest- it's all that excess, excess power from your M1 that's escaping. yeah, that's what it is. I think so. It's just bleeding <laughs> out, and then they've got one that has little like Christmas lights that drop down. And and yeah. uh, the one that I was telling you when we were doing a prep call that I this scares the scares me too much is the Cylon one. You've got one that looks like the Cylon eye scan, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I don't use that one because it's too scary, I, I don't yeah, have yeah. That on my computer, but it's just fun.
1: Yeah, it just it, it it you know we were joking about it in uh in one of the Slack channels that I'm in and and you know it's like you know people are coming with all these crazy ideas and and I was like yeah 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 that would be funny wouldn't it and and then a tweet from Jason Snell actually kind of pushed me in the direction of like you know it'd be nice to have a glow so you at least knew where the mouse was right the the, the whole glow idea was just like as a positional indicator for you know the, the, the mouse underneath the notch and i was yeah. like i wonder if you could do that so jason was one of the few people that actually had an m1 at that point because he had a, one of the review units so i knocked together a little app that um that did that and he ran it and he couldn't send me screenshots because you <laughs> that doesn't work. Right. You yeah. gotta, he actually took you know, took his iPhone out and took pictures of his, of, of the, the notch. And I was like, Oh, okay. It should be possible. So I started tinkering around with it some more. And then another friend of mine actually started working on that Cylon. And I was like, Oh, okay. We should be working to this together. So he and I kind of got together. He figured out how the, you know, what the path for the notch was so that you know, cause he needed that for the Cylon thing to, move around on, on the notch. And, you know, I use my knowledge, uh, one of our products, X scope, uh, which is a, a, tool for designers and developers to, to measure stuff on the screen, to, you know, to magnify stuff, to, you know, take dimensions quickly and easily off the screen. Yeah. does a lot of things with, with windows. Right. And it, you know, I knew how, m- some of the more arcane knowledge of Windows thanks to Xcode and took some of that knowledge and applied it to NotchMeister. And then I was like, well, what could be, some, like, what would, you know, and Christmas was coming up. I was like, I, this has got to be a free app, right? I'm not going to charge people money for this. It's just too too goofy. and yeah, it's just, whimsical. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's for fun, right? Yeah. It's it's a, it's a whimsical app. Whimsical is a good word for it. And uh, it's like, oh, what about some holiday lights? You know, and it's like, what if they like kind of like pop down from the notch and then kind of yeah. swing a little bit when and you know it, it's it all of that stuff is, is the you know having just finished a game for Apple Arcade, which Forensic Overtime was on Apple Arcade, and we it, it's got a lot of motion and animation in it and, and you know just basically took some of that knowledge some knowledge of the mac you know understanding how core animation works and merged them all together and notch meister appeared and then once it did the holiday lights and it's like oh I, yeah gotta have a plasma leak and yeah you know, <laughs> and all the all the other goofy things so yeah well, that's cool. Are, are we going
0: to get more? Are you going to be adding on to it, or is it is it done now?
1: It's a, one of those free time things, and there hasn't been a lot of free time right yeah, at the moment. Sure, so, sure. yeah, it, but yeah, I mean, I'm not. I I, I suspect the once I actually it see, and all of this was done without me having an M1, yeah, uh, MacBook that's Pro. True. <laughs> I, I did. I had to rely on everybody to test it for me. I, I was just gonna, In fact, that's why it it has actually has a simulation mode in it. Where it yeah. simulates a a notch. Um, if you don't have if you have a MacBook that doesn't doesn't have one. So the, I basically use that simulated notch to to test a lot of the app. Um, there will probably be more effects and stuff when I eventually get an M1 Mac yeah. Pro with a notch. But yeah, it's it's fun.
0: It's, yeah, uh, it's a great name too, Notchmeister. I'm not sure how you came
1: up with that, yeah, but I like it, it. it. I thought about it for like 30 seconds. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, 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 every developer is faced with this this point where you have this idea for something, and you're sitting there in Xcode, and you, there's a under file. There's new project. You hit new project, and the first thing it prompts you for is, "What do you want to call this?" and Sometimes it's you, you nail it from the beginning. Sometimes it's a name that you go, "Oh my God, I can't ha- actually imagine that I was thinking of that as as a name." Um, but Notchmeister was one of those ones where just like thirty seconds at that prompt, and it was like, hey, "It's gonna be the Notchmeister." Yeah, and it totally <laughs> stuck. Tall was another one where I I knew I was gonna call it just immediately. That was just like, "Well, okay." This is going to be called Tot.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about Tot because, like you know, the icon factory. I know you guys are making great icon related software. Like a scope is a graphics related tool, and then one day I get a note that you guys have well, it's not really a word processor, but a text editor, and it's called Tot. Yeah. And it's like, how did that come up, and and what was the idea behind it?
1: The idea behind it was actually not mine. It was a uh, developer by the name of Andre Torres. Um, he He's worked a lot of different places. He, uh, I think he was working at Slack at the time that, that I did this, but he had a little app called Tyke, which was just basically something that sat in your menu bar, you clicked on it, and it gave you a little, little uh, text view that you could type into. And I found myself using this thing all the time, because the problem I always had was I would open a new text edit document, you know, and yeah. I would end up with, you know, dozens of, you know, untitled one, untitled two, untitled three, untitled four. And they all had kind of a little bit of text in them. And some of I had, you know, had created, you know, weeks ago and forgot about.
0: Yeah. And
1: well I sort of saw tyke as the as as a way to get away from that but it's like ah i need more than one i i'm you know i i I want to i don't want to have an unlimited number of things because that's where you get into trouble right you yeah. have an unlimited number of untitled documents well you got to go at some point you know and deal with the mess so it's a, it's kind of nice to just have a, a fixed number and originally it was was 5 and Uh, One of our designers started using his his to do list and he said, you know, this would be better if it had seven. And so we came up with the idea of seven dots. And then, and each one of those dots is something you can edit text in. It doesn't, you don't, doesn't care what kind of text you put into it. It's just whatever. And then it was like, oh, well, we should hook this up to iCloud so that it, you know, if I type it in on one Mac, I can see it on another Mac. And then once it was in iCloud, it's like, oh, wouldn't this be great if it was on my phone too? And it kind of got into the to, to that area. And then it was like, well, we'd like to have a little bit of minimal formatting there. What how can we do minimal formatting? And then Markdown entered the scene. Yeah. And I wrote some code to parse Markdown and make styled text and made it cross-platform and There we are.
0: Yeah. It came together really quickly. I mean, and I really like the model of it. I think is it, am I right that it's free on Mac?
1: Yeah. It's my gift to Mac users.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, and I, I, as soon as I saw the price, I'm like, Oh, that's Craig. Craig is behind this, but it's, it's, it's free on Mac. It's $20 on iPhone and iPad, but you kind of look like you're buying it for both platforms at that point.
1: Yeah. That, 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 that was the idea there is that um, you get a good idea of, of, whether you need it or not, if you're using it on your Mac and once you find that it's really useful, which a lot of people do um, having it on your iPhone kind of becomes like I need it on my iPhone. In fact, that's it, the iPhone app was something that I did after I had the, the Mac app working. It's like, ah, cause you know, you're out on a walk or, you know, you're someplace and it's like, you want to, you have this thought and you want to just like jot it down so that, that you remember it later on. Well, that's what uh, <clears throat> that's what the iOS app is really good for. The whole pricing model was that if you really need that iOS app, you, you're 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 probably a big tot fan. So yeah, let's make. A, it's not like you're buying, you know, one app for twenty dollars. You're buying two apps for ten dollars, and it's worked out well. It keeps keeps us motivated to you know yeah. keeping the app up to date and adding new features here and there but it's the main thing is that it, it stays simple
0: so how did you you said you knew immediately the name Tot. why i i don't i don't really get the name the the
1: name Tot was a play on the original app tyke okay and um it also rhymes with jot you know it was just you know it short and cute it, it was easy to build a, a word mark around. Um, the only downside is in in German it means dead. So oh, that's not good. Yeah. And and, <laughs> and, and and so many German users, I mean, bless them, they they write to me and go, do you know that tot means dead in German? And I was like, yeah, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops so yeah, yeah it's, it's it, we got dead on the on the German app store but you know it, it it's it's one of those things that once you once you choose a name it's really hard to to to, yeah. to change it
0: well one of the features I love about it is just the easy switch between plain text and the format and then um I like the colors like so there's seven. Yeah different pages and you can like like you can say i'm gonna put you know client stuff on the red one and task on the green one and i, I thought i just i know it's a simple app but it's you can tell there's a lot of thought behind it
1: yeah the the the, the, the colors actually turn out to be a really strong cue um for memory right the <clears throat> you know they're you know when you have untitled one through Untitled seven. It's saying what was three again? Whereas you know, three is green. You know, green is like money, or green is the color of the app icon, or green is, you know, whatever. That that being said, taught actually is it's accessible. It's it it's got uh, grayscale with with numbers on them. If you've got that setting, you know, in Mac OS, there's you know, differentiate without color um it actually works fine without color so
0: well it's a nice little app and and it's thanks uh, it's new since the last time i talked to you but uh i i i like it i use it i know steven actually takes the mac power users edit notes in taught you know when he does them and yeah it's perfect for stuff like that (laughs) exactly it's just real quick and easy to to get to some text I think the power tip is to add a keyboard shortcut to it and you do it right in your preference pane. So, like, you yeah. put some sort of keyboard shortcut. So, anytime you want to jot down some text, you, you hit the button and then you get it going.
1: Yep. No, we, uh, the, it, and when the other pro tip I would tell people is that when a one of the dots starts getting full, it's time to move that information somewhere else more permanent or just get rid of it you know we yeah. have people that say oh can you add a couple more dots and it's like no yeah you need to you need to to clean up your mess periodically and that's that's really the one of the it's a, it's a feature that doesn't feel like a feature until you realize that it's a feature yeah and, <laughs> and there are other apps that do that you know so you
0: can yeah you know, you guys. Oh,
1: are... yeah. No, I I will often take stuff uh, that I do and, you know, and taught and copied into a, you know, Basecamp document or, you know, start, you know, the, a blog post with it in, you know, WordPress or whatever. It's like a, it's, it's a starting place for text. And where the text ends up is somewhere totally different. It's a lot like linear, a lot like linear. Yeah. Another one of our apps. It's a you know, it's a sketching app for on the iPad yeah. that lets you get an idea started. You know, sometimes it's, you know, the visual idea, sometimes the architecture diagram. You know, I I use it for software development all the time. Um, just you know, putting boxes together and figuring out how pieces fit together and it's like a whiteboard for me. You know, I used to stand at a whiteboard and you know, yeah. draw out ideas. Linea is the same thing. It lets you visually capture what you're thinking, and it's uh, it's it, it's better than notes in a lot of ways because you can have layers um, and the different drawing tools and different modes and drawing tools that make it easier to like. It's really easy in Linea to draw a square box. All right, can
0: I be the can I be the entitled podcaster for a minute? Sure, I have a feature request.
1: <laughs> can i just do it on a podcast everybody has a feature request
0: <laughs> i i want Linea to have an infinite canvas so badly yeah
1: yeah the the, the you know the the mac uh it, or the the ipad is a very powerful device but it does have a limited amount of memory yeah and it's a hard thing to make that infinite canvas um You're not the first person to ask for this. I yeah, I know. Because you guys get everything right.
0: I just you know there are some apps out there that have infinite canvases, but like they don't sync or they don't or they're complicated. It's
1: like you guys got the belt. We, I could see, sometime in the future, maybe having something that's analogous to an infinite canvas, but not necessarily an infinite canvas. Because the problem that people are trying to solve is that they. It, the idea spills over into another page. Yeah. Right. That's typically what the the problem is that you, okay, you filled up this page and now you need to go expand on this part of the idea somewhere else. And I could potentially see doing something where, you know, like how did, how, how did you, Lenny has a lot of, takes a lot from actually working with paper. Yeah. Right? The, 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 the notion that, you know, a sketch, it, it's like a sketchbook, right? It's like, and you can page through the sketches and
0: do that kind of thing. And, and see, that's where I run into trouble, because I don't really use it as a sketchbook. I use it as, like, idea development. Right. It's like a big mind map kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Well, that that's where I was going to go with this, is that, that what you want to do is not necessarily page through the sketchbook. You want to take these sheets of paper and yeah, organize them physically, you know, next to each other. So... You know, yeah. that that's something, you know, I'm not going to commit to <laughs> no, no, uh, he, he anything, guy's like He's like, I just that's, come that's, on the
0: guy's podcast and he's hassling me about my ass. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you make me make, make a commitment for a feature.
0: Right? <laughs> so, uh, so we're not going to end the call today until you agree to put infinite canvas in right, here. Let son? me start
1: typing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I'm going other... to open Todd and, and make a note here. Yeah, I'll, I'll get, get, get cracking. <laughs> I've, an already code, buddy. Note, I've, I've, I've already got that note. By the way, I've already got that note in Todd to, to have the infinite canvas. And, and so, now all, yeah, my, I, now all I,
0: my listeners are going to be hassling you about too. I'm sorry, man. I just caused you so much grief, but the. Uh, oh, no. But, yeah, yeah. I, I I just think Linea gets so much right. But with the things I do with, that I'm looking to do with the Apple Pencil is really kind of like idea development. And yeah. I'm just, I looked at all the apps, and I'm not happy with any of them. And the only thing that holds me up on Linea is this. But, you know, I mean, it's not even what you really made the app for. So, I mean, that's kind of well, unfair. Well,
1: uh, you know, the, originally the idea was... uh Gedeon Mayhew, my partner at the Icon Factory, and uh, another developer we were working with at the time, uh, Troy Gall, yeah, worked on this thing together. Right. I, I, I had nothing to do with the initial development of the app. It uh, was just those two. And Ged had an iPad, and he had a pencil, and he's a super talented artist, yeah, and he, he probably wanted, wanted to make icons. I was just going to say a lot of the stuff that he, early stuff that he did were, you know, sketches for icons that, you know, to show clients to say, you know, these are some ideas that we have, you know, what, you know, what do you think and get feedback. Again, it's a starting place, right? Linea, yes, you can do final art for, you know, that you can produce some really beautiful stuff in it, but. More often than not, it's just that it's a starting place, right? It's, it's something that helps you get to a finished Photoshop document or a yeah. finished, you know, the OmniGraphle, the, you know, architectural diagram or whatever your 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 final destination for the idea is. And
0: then you were also the guy who coined the term tweet with Twitter, effect, <laughs> you know, and yeah. like. It's just crazy, Craig, how wide you've gone with your development over the years. But wh- how do you see Twitter at this point as someone who's kind of been there since the beginning?
1: Ooh, <laughs> that's a hard question. I won't put you in the spot um, again. It's, but, uh, it's it's super valuable still, right? Yeah. The, the things like Notchmeister start off with, you know, an idea from Jason Snell, right? Uh mm-hmm. Yeah, on Twitter it's yeah. a it's a pretty ma- powerful marketing tool right you know you let people know about something new you've done it's uh it's I mean one of the things that I love about Twitter you know I, I again I'm not I'm not developing it anymore it's it's purely Sean's baby and he and Getty and you know Sean Heber and Gedeon came up with this idea of muffling right which is let you take certain things. And it originally started off as spoilers for TV shows. Yeah. Right. It's like, Oh, I don't want to hear anything about the attack of the clones or whatever. Right. It's a, um, it was a, a way to silence things that would upset you. And and, and what we will dub more innocent times. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So that is, you know, again, it's a, it's a, a personal need that actually turns out to be something that can adapt and morph into other things, and uh, yeah, in more difficult times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Twitter, but yeah, no, the it, it, Twitter it's been that it, it's pretty amazing. That it's the the run it's had. Right, it originally came out, and well, we did it on the Mac first, and that was like. Right. It's giving me the edge of my memory here. That was. Twitter came out not long
0: before the iPhone. So it was probably around 2006-ish, I guess.
1: Yeah, probably 2005, 2006. And yeah, we we came up with the Mac app first. And and that's where the uh, David Lanham, one of our artists at the time, had just come up with the idea of Twitter and the Bluebird. Right, the the he just hey, he made the first bluebird right. Yeah. Twitter at that point only had a, a a logo type, which was which was their name in a kind of a round curvy font, and I immediately loved that bluebird. I couldn't get into the app fast enough. It was like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah, but there was another problem in that early Mac app. Is like, what do we call these things? Right, we have these menu items where it's like you know post something, and there was the, the, there was no. There was no word for that. And then nothing used on Twitter's site that we could work off of. Um, so we start calling them twits, which yeah. is a terrible name. Yeah, That's a case where that's a case where your first name is really hideous. Yeah. Right. Bad, bad. No, we can't call them twits. Well, we'll, we'll worry about that later. Let's call them twits for now. And uh, yeah, one of the uh, the engineers at, at Twitter I mean, everybody at Twitter loved Twitterific, too. Yeah. Um, because it was like it's a, they all had Macs, and they all loved, you know, they obviously loved Twitter the service, but they also liked the fact that <clears throat> Twitterific let now. you run yeah. run it without being in a web browser. And it was kind of small window off to the side. It was kind of more like a chat window than a, yeah. you know, full-on web browser experience. And, uh, you know, one of the engineers that you know uh, at Twitter was like, "Oh, you know, we love the bluebird icon." He's like, well, "You should call the the, the thing's tweet. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> it was like the, the the angels were singing at that point. I was like, "Oh, yes, yeah. that's perfect." And I mean, the, yeah, the name we,
0: Twitterific doesn't imply birds and tweets. I mean that the the actual name itself really doesn't imply. It. Now everybody just thinks that, but. You mm-hmm. had to get there.
1: Yeah, no, it, 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 we needed a noun, and it turns out it works as a noun and a verb. So, yeah, it yeah. Uh, it, it it was a pretty an ideal name, and you know, fit with the bluebird. And Twitter eventually came around. It took them years to come around to actually call the thing a tweet, right? They they, they you know they they still they hung on to posting to your Twitter and things like that, and then. They eventually, you know, latched on to, yeah, everybody's calling them tweets, so we should call them tweets. And they did the same thing with the Bluebird, right? They, you know, we had Ollie, and they came up with with Larry, and yeah.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's a great app, and it continues to be great. And um, do you, now there was a time there where it seemed like Twitter was not interested in third-party apps, and it seems like they've backed off that a little bit now. Or are we in good shape now for third-party Twitter apps? So you're not, I, mean, um, I don't know how much you're involved with this anymore.
1: Yeah, that they, the, it's an evolving situation. Um, they've got a new API, uh, that we would like to start using, but we've got a huge number of people that are using Twitterific, and the rate limits on those APIs are something that are problematic for us, and Twitter knows that. And, we're trying to work it out, and I'm not gonna say anything more about it oh, than, sure I don't than, to, yeah, yeah we're we're yeah. both we're but we're both aware of the problem, and you know it's it's been a great product we wanted to keep it a great product um but yeah it's it's, it's they've definitely i mean Twitter has definitely changed their tune as far as you know first party versus third party that's They're, good to hear you know, that's
0: good yeah. to hear. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Wealthfront. Invest for the long term on your terms. Get your first $5,000 managed for free. We all have regrets, and for a lot of people, not starting to think about their financial future or retirement earlier in life is one of them. The great thing about getting started with investing earlier in life is that you have more time to build your wealth. Instead of putting off your financial future, go to Wealthfront.com. You can start investing in no time with Wealthfront's classic portfolio or make it your own with things that you care about, like socially responsible funds, technology, or hundreds of other investments. Wealthfront was designed by financial experts to help you turn your good ideas into great investments without the hassle of doing everything yourself. Don't want to spend hundreds of hours trying to lower your tax bill? They help you do that. Not sure how to rebalance your portfolio or what rebalancing is, they do it for you automatically. Wealthfront is trusted with over $28 billion, with a B, in assets, helping nearly half a million people build their wealth. And the best part is their product is simple and powerful. It has 4.8 stars on the Apple App Store. To start building your wealth and get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash MPU. That's wealthfron dot slash MPU to start building your wealth. Once again, that's Wealthfront.com slash MPU to get started today. And our thanks to Wealthfront for their support of the Mac Power users and all of Relay FM. So Craig, I always like to finish up these interviews talking about some of your favorite apps and services.
1: What's bringing you joy and delight these days? I yeah. well, uh, it's one that probably everybody knows with the Slack Slack is like something that it's like, you, I can't imagine working without it now, it, it really is this, you know, where we talked earlier about how the icon factory is a physically distributed company. Well, yeah. yeah, the, the, the ability to, uh, send files back and forth. I mean, we, we've been doing this long enough that it's like the predecessor for us was uh using iChat you know back when it was based on you know aim accounts yeah and even then before then it was you know email and phone calls so <clears throat> yeah it's a huge productivity boost um we also use Basecamp we love Basecamp as a way to collaborate on documents um Something Basecamp
0: doesn't get credit for is just how easy it is to use. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, I feel yeah. like that they really got that part right. I mean, us nerds can use just about anything when it comes to, like, cloud collaboration. But uh, for the little team I have around Max Barkey, there's a couple people on it that aren't super nerds. And right, um, they... Both of them just adapted to base camp so quickly that I'm really hesitant to ever leave it because I don't know that they would, I don't know how they would handle that transition, you know, and and it does have limitations, but it is so easy for people to pick that up.
1: Yeah, we're we're big on ease of use, right? It's the the one of the great things about working with a bunch of designers is they are you know they 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 are technically capable people. But they also can look at things at a non from a non-technical point of view. It's really hard for a software developer to look at something non-technically, yeah, right, because we we know how everything works, right we, You know, we know the nuts and the bolts and and you know a designer, it's a lot easier for them to step back and look at something and go, yeah, that that's easy to use." And that's one of the reasons why we use Basecamp, right? Yeah, there are more powerful tools out there. You know, and, and sometimes we, you know, like uh, Google Spreadsheets, there's some stuff that, that uh, you know, we, we, we run an ad server for um, uh, Twitterific yeah. and, and keep track of the ads in a shared spreadsheet. And, you know, that would be hard to do in Basecamp, but it's really easy to do in, in, in Google Docs. Um, but it's also, you know, it's it's a more challenging environment to work in, right? You know, it's like working in, you know, a text editor versus working in a, uh, you know, Excel. Yeah. You know, all sorts of bells and whistles. Um, native apps. Uh, just looking at my doc here, it's uh, Acorn uh, by Gus Mueller at yeah. uh, Flying Meat great image editor i i i don't need photoshop i mean all our designers you know they have creative crowd, cloud subscriptions and things like that but you know i'm just cropping and resizing and and you know perfor, per, performing you know minor adjustments to images and acorn's great at
0: that yeah i'm like you i don't i don't need it enough to justify a subscription to adobe and yeah like these yeah these nice little graphics tools are uh, are really a, a, a nice thing about the Mac. I mean, I do think, like I meant to mention earlier when you were talking about TOT, I mean, the reason why you can have an opinionated little thing to collect text is because Apple has done so much of the hard work on what a text editor is. And yeah. you get some of the same stuff with photo editors and that allows things like, like um, a core, core image or pixel media and, yeah. yeah. and these guys to yeah. exist.
1: yeah, yeah. Also, big fan of of uh, Kaleidoscope and uh, versions that by company and based in Germany that that uh, has recently taken the, over these products and um, developers there are doing a great job with it. They were kind of a couple of apps that languished for a while and the they got bought by another company. This so called it's like, letter, letter it's- opener. Yeah. And it's, it's, Kaleidoscope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kaleidoscope is lets you compare two things, let you compare two text documents, it lets you compare two images. In software development, it, it's one of the, the key things is figuring out what you changed. And these tools really do a great job of, of keeping track of that. The other one is versions, which is uh, talks to our sub- Subversion repository. Um, we also use GitHub desktop to, if we're, you know, working on GitHub, some of our projects are old enough that they existed before Git
0: yeah. and GitHub.
1: So <laughs> well, there's a reason why we still have subversions, right? It's, yeah. uh, which is another version control system, which, again, it, it lets you keep track of, you know, what changes you made between this day and this day, or this version and this version. Um well, the thing I like about Kaleidoscope is you don't have to be a software developer
0: to use this. I mean, it um, no, it no. just if you have text, if you're working in text and you just want to see how it's changed, that that app does it, and and it does it with panache. You know,
1: it's nice. Yeah, looking. yeah, it does. It it it. And if you have two different folder hierarchies, right, you know, it's like, you know, it'll show you, oh, this file was added, this file was removed, and, you know, oh, this file was not only added or this file was not only moved, it it got these changes. And, it's, yeah, it's great for keeping track of, uh, of what you're working on. The granddaddy of all Mac apps, BBEdit. I don't think I will ever have a Mac without BBEdit on it. Yeah, real simply. It's uh, there are so many that developers essential. that came to the Mac
0: for BB Edit. It's like mm. it really is. I mean, Apple should be sending checks over there.
1: <laughs> well, I think they probably are, and yeah. <laughs> maybe indirectly. But yeah, no, yeah. it's a uh, it's a great tool. Um, I use remote desktop a lot. Again, I've got multiple uh, multiple Macs in in my office. And so, do
0: you use the Apple Remote Desktop app
1: or yeah, yeah. 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 ARD. Yeah. The uh it's great for, you know, that I've you know, one of one of my servers, uh in fact two of my servers in the office here are headless, right? They don't have a display attached. So, you know, I can in fact when I had the, the developer transition kit for Apple Silicon, i um used that over a, a remote desktop because you know, I had my main development machine, which I didn't want to disturb. Yeah. But then at the same time, I wanted to be able to work on the Apple Silicon, which was on a machine behind me. And I didn't want to keep turning around all day, you know, type a few things here and type a few things here. So I just opened a, a remote desktop session onto the, the, the DTK and was working on two Macs, but with one keyboard and one mouse. It was a pretty uh, ideal environment. One password is another thing. I I have a lot of passwords, right? I have to log into the Apple developer account. I've got, you know, the Stripe developer account. Yeah. I've got a uh mail server. We use Fastmail. Fastmail is another awesome service. Really happy with Fastmail.
0: I'm a recent um, convert to Fastmail. Yeah. Man. I, I yeah. don't know why I waited so long.
1: Yeah, that I I we used to run our own mail server and that was cool back in nineteen ninety seven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and nowadays it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. it yeah. really is. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're, we we migrated all our, you know yeah. twenty five years of mail over from uh, from our own server over to uh, fast to uh, fastmail. Yeah. And we everything else we run off of 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 uh, a Linode, you know, of Linux in the cloud. All our websites. Uh, we have some software repositories and have have you other tried stuff there. the uh, fastmail apps? Like the
0: fastmail app on the iPad is excellent.
1: Yeah, I I I like to use Apple Mail, but yet the I agree it's it's a it's a well done app. In fact, the the app in a you know, in Safari in a web browser is yeah. really good as well. So it's yeah. it's and. To me, that's important because I I try to keep all my correspondence on my laptop, just out of convenience. It's like the, everything I send and receive I do from my laptop. Yeah, and then that way you you focus on your work on
0: your iMac and you don't get high exactly. Yeah. I
1: I'm not distracted by email because you know sometimes I'll just shut the lid on the MacBook. Yeah. Right, I don't even know the emails there, and you know to to focus on software development for four or five hours without getting distracted by email or slack messages or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes that's what you got to do. Yeah. And it's, um, but at the same time, you know, if I need to go check an email or, you know, do something, you know, just a a real quick check. I don't even bother launching, uh, the mail app on my, my development machine. I just open up a fastmail.com window and go dig around and and because the the web app is so good that it it's nice to be able to do that just uh, you know for a quick in and out kind of thing yeah no i, I
0: agree fast mail and then the whole automation thing that's uh, we could we're we've gone long today so i won't get into it but yeah <laughs> if you want to like really do some cool automation and i know that like the people that use gmail get a lot of of interesting tools as well but I find that the stuff you can use with uh, FastMail, even like you can use regular expressions in your automation, it's like that is like next level stuff. And uh, I think we're going to have to talk about FastMail more on the Mac Power Users coming up. But the um, either way, Craig, thank you so much for coming in today yeah. and sharing your story my with pleasure. us. And uh, all the cool things you're up to. Uh, everybody that wants to uh, keep up with Craig, I would recommend going over to the Icon Factory, but also on Twitter. What's, what's your handle on Twitter, Craig?
1: Chockenberry, yeah that's right Sea hawkenberry yeah just think it just think of count chocula and frankenberry and their their uh illegitimate offspring
0: yeah well <laughs> there you go and um do you still haven't checked your fa uh your uh, profile image later is it still that crazy one where you're underwater yeah yeah uh, the, yeah the yeah the
1: underwater guy yeah yeah
0: that's, I, that's yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to People talk in- wonder
1: what that is. <laughs> yeah,
0: I I know exactly what it is because I I've been in the ocean and I know what happens when I'm not paying attention. Um, yeah. We're going to talk about that in more power today. We're going to get a little bit into California stuff, but the uh, either way, uh, so go check out Chalk and Berry at Twitter or the Icon Factory. Any other places people should go to check you out, Craig?
1: Uh, Furbo.org. That's my uh, my blog. Okay, I don't post there as often as I would like to, but yeah, that's another place that that uh
0: people right. can see me and we are the mac power users you can find us over at relay.fm slash mpu uh you can al- also find the forums at talk.macpowerusers.com i want to thank our sponsors today it's our friends over one password text expander indeed and wealthfront and we'll see you next time